This is the podcast of the Lead Centre for Dante Studies, Episode 1. I'm Matthew Traherne. This is the first item in the series of episodes entitled Key Moments of the Commedia. In this episode, I'm going to consider the very first three lines of the whole poem. So, Inferno, Canto 1, lines 1 to 3. What Claire and I are going to do in these episodes is to take a very short extract of Dante's poem, to set it into context, and then to read the extract, first in Italian and then in an English translation, and we'll be using a variety of different published translations over the course of these episodes. Then we'll spend a few minutes discussing the extract. So with this first episode, I want to discuss the very opening of the poem. These are lines which have become, of course, among the most famous lines of poetry in Italian and, in fact, in world literature. As we'll discuss, that familiarity might get in the way of us realising just how unusual and startling this is as an opening of the poem. Let's listen to the lines themselves, then. Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita mi ritrovai per una selva oscura che la diritta via era smarita. And here's the translation by Robert Durling in his edition and translation, which is published by Oxford University Press. In the middle of the journey of our life, I came to myself in a dark wood, for the straight way was lost. Now, Dante started writing the poem in around 1307, but he actually, starting with these lines, set the action of the narrative in quite a precise moment of time before then. This opening line, simple as it sounds, nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, gives us quite an important indication of when he wants us to imagine the action of the poem actually taking place. Later on, in Canto 21 of the poem, we get a very clear indication that the journey is taking place in 1300, in April. Dante was probably born in May 1265. In other words, in April 1300, the midpoint of his life, he says here, he would have been 34, about to turn 35. Now, if he's that age, the first line of the poem fits with what the Bible had to say about the normative length of a human life. Famously, Psalm 90 talks about that length being three score years and ten. In other words, 70 years. So this first line of the poem is telling us that Dante was, if not quite 35, then certainly in his 35th year. And so in this first line we get the first indication that the poem is taking place in the year 1300. Why is this significant? Well, there are lots of reasons, but two obvious ones come to my mind here. First of all, Dante is situating the narrative within his own life history in quite an important way. The significance of 1300 is that it's the year before the great political catastrophe of Dante's life, and in many ways the great personal catastrophe. In other words, his exile from his home city of Florence. We'll talk a bit about the circumstances of Dante's exile 
in later podcasts. But the important thing to say is that he's locating the action of the poem before the exile takes place. This is a very important thing to keep in mind. So even though he's writing the poem in exile, he's actually imagining the action of the poem taking place before he's in exile. So as he moves through the afterlife, several of the souls that he meets predict to Dante with varying degrees of directness that his exile is going to take place. So at the time when he's writing the poem, the exile has happened, but at the time of the action of the poem, at the time when he finds himself in the dark wood, and at the time when he goes on his journey through the afterlife, his exile hasn't yet happened. It's also interesting that Dante identifies the action of the poem as taking place in the middle of the journey of his life, around the age of 35, in his 35th year, because in the Middle Ages, it was believed that Christ himself was crucified in the 35th year of his life. And it was a very important part of Christian doctrine that when Christ was crucified, he descended into hell before his resurrection. This is precisely what Dante is going to do. He's going to make a journey through hell as part of his own journey towards God and towards his own redemption. So in order to achieve achieve redemption, there's a little hint here that Dante's having to become like Christ. He's drawing here quite subtly an analogy between his own experience and the life of Christ himself. Now this idea of the imitation of Christ, again, is going to become very important as we move through the poem. But even in this very first line, it's being introduced. Let's think a little bit about the idea of the dark wood, the selva oscura. First of all, we're obviously tempted, and I think quite rightly, to identify some sort of symbolic meaning in this dark wood. What does the dark wood represent for Dante? But before we do that, let's just remind ourselves that, of course, in the Middle Ages, a dark wood is a place of real danger. It's wilderness. It's unmarked territory. And that wood marks a place far from the city, far from civilization, far from community. Again, There's a hint here of the circumstances of Dante's life history. There's a hint of distance from city, as I've said. So therefore there's a hint of the condition of exile. The condition, Dante's condition of exclusion from the city of Florence. But there's also here the first indication of the importance to Dante of society, of civic life. Dante is very much a civic poet, among other things. He's a poet who's constantly concerned with questions of community, of living together in society. Human beings, for Dante, are social animals. So at the very beginning of the poem, we know that Dante's in some sort of a mess. We're not totally sure what it means... But the fact that he describes himself as being in a dark wood means that we know that it's at least subtly associated with being 
away from civilization and community, being in a dark wood. As we move through the poem, we'll see, as I say, that Dante's constantly preoccupied with questions of how we should live together. And of course, the way in which Dante is going to find his way out of the dark wood, out of this crisis point, is not on his own, but is through other people. Through his guide Virgil, who's about to appear, who is in turn inspired by another person, as we learn later on in Canto 2, Dante's beloved Beatrice in heaven. And he's going to be learning throughout his journey in all sorts of very rich and extremely carefully observed ways from the souls that he'll meet. It's also worth mentioning here that the idea of darkness carries a very strong implication of distance from God. To others it probably sounds a bit like a cliché to talk about God as light. But in the Middle Ages the idea of God as light was worked out in very carefully, highly sophisticated, philosophical ways. And when Dante reaches paradise, the variety of effects of light are going to be extremely important. The very opening of the Paradiso, for example, talks about God's glory as being resplendent. So, being in a dark wood implies very strongly here being in a place far from the light of God. Finally, the idea of the diritta via, the straight way, is also very important here. The Bible talks about the straight path of the righteous, the path towards God. So when Dante says that he's lost the straight way, found himself in a dark wood, without actually directly mentioning God or his own sin, he is hinting that he's moved away from the path of righteousness, that he's fallen into sin, that he's moving away from God. He's not saying directly, I have lost my way to God, I have fallen into sin. But if you're familiar with the Bible, the implication is very clear. Now, we've already spent a few minutes there talking about just the first three lines of the poem. And I'm already conscious that there are still many more things we could say about them. But I remember when I first started reading the comedy, how depressing it was. In the edition I had, the first page had, at the top of it, the very first line. And then the rest of the page, and the page after that, was taken up in tiny writing, a whole set of incredibly dense notes that would have taken me hours to read. Sometimes it can seem that all that scholarship can get in the way of the poetry itself, at least in the first reading of the poem. Obviously we need the scholarship. We need to understand what's actually going on in this poetry and it can enrich our reading of it. But I think it is important, perhaps at this stage, to step back from all of that for a second to remember just how stark and spare these opening lines are. The poem just opens by dropping us into the dark woods there with Dante, giving us next to no context. To give you a sense of that sparseness, that starkness, I'm going to read out the first few lines of a poem which is going to be extremely important to Dante's Inferno, and which we need to keep in our minds constantly when we're reading 
Dante's Inferno. And that's Virgil's Aeneid. Virgil started writing this poem around 29 BC, and he was working on it until his death in 19 BC. Now I'm going to read the first lines of David West's translation, published by Penguin. Keep in mind as I'm reading them, the opening to Dante's poem, In the middle of the journey of our life, I came to myself in a dark wood, for the straight way was lost. Remember how you're immediately plunged into Dante's story. Here's Virgil then. I sing of arms and of the man, fated to be an exile, who long since left the land of Troy, and came to Italy to the shores of Lavinium, and a great pounding he took by land and sea at the hands of the heavenly gods, because of the fierce and unforgetting anger of Juno. Great too were his sufferings in war before he could find his city and carry his gods into Latium. This was the beginning of the Latin race, the Alban fathers and the high walls of Rome. Tell me, muse, the causes of her anger. How did he violate the will of the queen of the gods? What was his offence? Why did she drive a man famous for his piety to such endless hardship and such suffering? Can there be so much anger in the hearts of the heavenly gods? Now, there are clearly many things we could say about the opening to Virgil's poem. It's a really rich and interesting opening. And probably if you aren't familiar with it, you'd have lots of questions about it, lots of things which are quite hard to understand. But I just want to notice a couple of things here which really highlight the difference with Dante's opening to his poem. First of all, Virgil starts by declaring what he's going to talk about. I sing of arms and of the man, etc. Dante doesn't do any of that. He doesn't tell you what his poem will be about. He's immediately plunging you into that dark wood. Virgil actually gives you a lot of detail of what's going to happen. He tells you that he'll be dealing with the suffering of his protagonist, Aeneas. He tells you about the ultimate outcome of the poem, that Aeneas will found the city of Rome, etc., etc. He also appeals to the muse and comes up with all these questions for the muse. Dante doesn't do any of this at the start of his poem. He doesn't tell us what the outcome of his story will be. Okay, we find out, find out quite soon that this is a journey that's been willed in heaven. He will appear to the muses later on, but he does his best to underplay all of that at the opening of the poem. I picked Virgil's Aeneid as an example of an opening because, as I've already mentioned, it's going to be extremely important for reading the comedy, and especially L'Inferno. Virgil's shortly going to appear to Dante to guide him through hell. There are going to be several parallels with Virgil's poem, which are going to keep on recurring. At the start of the narrative of Virgil's poem, the protagonist Aeneas and the Trojan ships have been blown off their course into a strange place, just as Dante has lost his path and found himself in a dark wood. But even here, in this parallel, which is already apparent in the first lines of Dante's poem, there are important differences with Virgil, as well as similarities. The Aeneid opens, like Dante's poem, in mid-action. Aeneas is mid-journey at the time the story begins. 
But very quickly in the Aeneid, we get the backstory. We find out how the protagonists have reached this point. Dante doesn't do that in his poem, at least not directly. So, just as an aside here, I'd say that when we notice Dante drawing on Virgil, and this is the case, I think, throughout the poem, he's both revealing his respect and admiration for the Roman poet, and questioning Virgil's model, too. To return more precisely to these lines of the poem, though, I think it's very important that Dante doesn't give us all that much detail of the backstory, at least not directly. And this is probably the final comment I want to make here. We are going to get hints throughout the poem of the nature of Dante's sin, why he might have found himself in the dark wood, why he might have strayed from the straight path. But we don't get anything as precise as we might hope to indicate how he got there. Even late in the Purgatorio, when Beatrice offers an angry accusation to Dante, the nature of Dante's sin isn't made with the kind of precision that we're probably curious about. Why is this? Well, I think one of the reasons is already in the evident in these first lines, and that's that Dante is making his poem both a personal story, it's about him, it's about his experience, and something universal. It's about everyone. On the one hand, he doesn't want us just to be thinking about Dante's own fall into sin and his journey to redemption. But he's also interested in making that story have universal relevance. On the other hand, nor is he just offering a set of general universal statements. We're always coming to general universal truth in Dante through the particular so he doesn't give us the backstory to how he wound up in the dark wood. He doesn't give us the precise explanation of what led him there. As though to say that his condition in the dark wood, far from God, having sinned, could be anyone's condition. I said that we get a signal of this in the first lines, and it comes in fact precisely in lines one to two of the poem because we actually get a little bit of slippage. Line one of the poem talks about Nostra Vita, in the middle of the journey of our life. It sounds universal. But the next line immediately comes to the personal, Miri Trovai, I came to myself in a dark wood. Shifting from everyone's life to Dante's own experience. And it's this relationship between everyone's experience and Dante's own experience which is one of the most powerful aspects of this poem. Dante seems to be saying in these opening lines, this story is both specific and general. It's both particular to him and universal. It's both about Dante and about everyone. Dante doesn't just want to tell you his story, he wants you to see its importance to everyone. He doesn't just want to entertain you, he also wants to change you. And he wants that process to begin with these stark, startling first three lines of his poem. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Leeds Centre for Dante Studies. If you'd like to find out more about the centre and its activities, please visit www.leeds.ac.uk slash Italian.